right, so if you would, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into um, our topic for today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to look at your word and to look at what you say to us, Lord. I ask the Holy Spirit to come down in this place, Lord. Open up our hearts. Give me the words to say. Fall on the ears of the people that need to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so basically what happens is uh, because the, uh, the, the Jaguars are off today, I have uh, unlimited time. So uh, it's, if, if, you, if it gets a little long and it's like 1.30 and you leave, I will not be offended. I will not, but feel free. But we're going to talk a little bit this morning. I'm just kidding. We're just talking a little bit this morning. Um, I want to talk about like faith. And usually things that I talk about um, up here are, are things that, that I have struggled with in the past or that I see people around me struggling with as well. And what I, what I called this one it was, is struggling faith. Because faith isn't really hard sometimes, but when you're struggling, having faith is incredibly difficult. And the beauty of struggling faith is if there was no struggle, there would be no faith. If, if there was no moments where you're, you have thoughts of like, really? Like, is this it? Then it wouldn't be faith. It'd be a, a fact. And, and, and God is, requires out of us faith. And, and we're going to look at today how faith is so important in our walk with God. And there's things you can do when you're struggling to make sure that your faith does not falter. Like faith is the key. Faith is the key to your walk with God. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So this gives us a clear-cut definition of what faith is. Assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. See, we teach uh, friendly faith here at the school and the church, and we teach it at pretty much all levels. Uh, the preschoolers learn the hand motions. Uh, the kids learn the hand motions. Uh, the the senior or the high schools that goes on the mission trip, they learn it. It's what they do at the VBS in Costa Rica. They implement a lot of it in the VBS here. It's a large part of what we teach the kids here because it gives you a foundation of your faith, and that's so important in today's day and age when. People and kids are growing up in broken homes and they're growing up with, with being pulled by society and misguided ideas and, and what they should be and what is right and what is wrong even. And it's super important that you get a strong fundamental understanding of your faith. And in those moments when you're struggling, knowing what you believe is the thing that will get you through your struggle. And many times people don't understand that and they don't get that. So one thing we, we, we talk about is uh, when we're given an example, when we're talking in friendly faith, uh, we talk about how Jesus and God are one. And we're talking about how that's possible and how can you have faith in a God you can't see. And we give an illustration of a hot air balloon. We talk about how a hot air balloon goes up into the sky. You can see the beautiful balloon. You can see the multicolors, the, the, the little basket. Um, and, and you can see it floating through the air from, from miles away. And it's pretty evident that it's there. But what we can't see is what's on the inside. And if we looked up in it, we would just see some fire shooting up, and we would be like, what is making this balloon lift off the ground? What is making the balloon inflate and go up? Like, we can't see that. But 
we clear as day can see the evidence of it. And we clear as day can see that it's going up, so there is something there. Many times it's that step that establishes your faith. It's, you know, I, I can feel God. There's evidence of God in my life. And if you've talked to anyone who's walked with God for a long time, they, can, they will all tell you that you can feel God in your life. But what's hard is when you don't feel God to remember that in those moments. And that's what makes it hard. The beauty of faith is that it, it, it is the opposite of unbelief. It's the opposite of fear. And what happens is, is life is full of fear. You're afraid of the future. Afraid that, you know, of your income. Afraid that your kids, how they won't grow up right. You're afraid that you won't be able to pay your bills. You're afraid that the sickness will, you know, take over your family. You're afraid that, you know, these problems will get out of control. You're afraid that you're not qualified, that you can't measure up. But that's what's... The beauty of faith is when you believe, God gives you the assurance that he is enough. So it doesn't matter if you are or not. We're going to look at Romans. We're, in a, we're going to be in a couple of verses today, um, so just hang with me here. I think they'll be on the screen so you can read them there if uh, you don't feel like finding them all and whatever you're using to read. We're going to start in Romans 5, and this is verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So it says because of our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place. It says we have been made right in the sight of God by faith. We're seeing over and over again that faith is the, is the key. That's the connection between God and me. That's the, that's, the, that's the key, that's the bridge between me being seen by God and being seen as confident and joyful and we can share God's glory. I hear all the time, um, you know, mainly I'm talking to, you know, youth kids, college age kids, and we talk about faith and really even my own peers. And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll talk to me They'll be like, man, like we, we, we get that you're helping out kids and that you're sacrificing time and that, you know, at times you can be selfless and, you, you know, do things for other people. Like that all, I get all that part of being a Christian. Like that's the good stuff. Like good for you, Jason. But my peers are like, but what I don't get is that whole you believing in God thing. That's the part where I'm just kind of check out. Like I get the good stuff that comes with it. But what people don't understand and what I always tell them is that that part is what brings all the other parts. Like if it was, if it's not for the faith, what's the point of doing all the good? What's the point of helping youth? What's the point of, of helping underprivileged people? Because if it's just, you know, dog eat dog world, then there's no point. And I'm no different than anyone else in the world. It's that faith that brings all that other part. And you know, I hear all the time, it's the hardest part. You know, it's the hardest part of being a Christian is the faith. Um, it's, it's really not. You just have to make up your mind that you're going to do it. You know, what's harder than that is like someone who's like trying to undermine you all the time and backstabbing you, forgiving them in a moment. That's a lot harder to me. That's a lot harder. Being like, I forgive you and love you. Come to church, right? That's hard for me. Believing in God, I've seen God's effects in my life. 
I've seen my life without God, and I've seen my life with God, and it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it's obvious. And so for me, you just have to decide. You have to decide. But it is hard at times. When you're struggling, it is hard. So in, in, in the first principles, um, they teach this formula for faith. And it's, it's amazing. It, it, it works 100%, and I recommend all of you guys to write it down because in moments where you're struggling, and we all struggle, like it, we all struggle. It may not be the same thing, and it may not be at the same time, but we all struggle with things in our lives. And if you don't have a foundation, if you don't have a plan, then you're destined to fail, right? We talk about all the time in athletics, like, what's your plan? What's your plan? When you're on the court and you have the ball at the elbow, what's your plan? Or is your plan to, to survey the defense, make a move to the basket, to dribble, step back and shoot? You have to have a plan. You can't just wing it because go out there and wing it and you'll fail. Same thing with faith. It's the same exact thing. So the first thing is it's a little acronym, right, of faith. So the F, and some of you have heard this before and could probably teach it for me, but the first one is F, find a promise. Find a promise. The Bible is full of promises, full of promises. I said that, I said that to the youth one time, and they were like, what, is it, what does that mean? I'm like, it's a promise. Like, it's in the Bible, they're like, yeah, like, like what? Like, promise what? I'm like, basically, God says, if this, then he will do this. And there's a bunch of blanks in there that fills it in the Bible. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, like, commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. That's a promise. Commit your actions to the Lord. Are you committing your actions to the Lord, or are you committing your actions to your bank account? Or are you committing your actions to your self-worth or your prestige? Because if you, the Bible says in Proverbs that if you commit your actions to the Lord, then in all your plans will succeed. See, that's what's nice about, you know, always wondering if you're in the will of God, always wondering if you're doing the right thing, if you're on the right path, you know, all these existential questions we ask ourselves. And the Bible says clear as day. He will direct your steps. All things work together for those who love him. There's promises in the Bible for these things. There are, we have these things at the church. Um, they're called promise books. I was supposed to bring one up here, and I forgot it in the back. That's my bad. But they're little, like, you know, my mom calls them microwave Bibles, right? And there's a list of, like, things and struggles that you're going through in your life. And then there's whole pages of verses in the Bible about those promises, a whole book of promises that were from the Bible. Or you can use Google. That's what I like to use. What does the Bible say about blank? Anyone ever done that before? We all have. because It's awesome and it's easy, okay? Technology's great. We can Google it and we can see, and it brings up a whole list of Bible verses. You can click on the link and it takes you to the webpage with the entire book of the Bible on it. It doesn't get any easier. If you can't find a promise in 2019, it's that you don't want to. It's not that they're not there because it's very, very easy. All right? So F, find a promise. The next one is A, ask for it. Ask for it, okay? How many times, as if you have kids, have you had something or you had advice or you had something that'll help your kid, but you wait for them to ask for it? Because really, until they come to that realization that they need it from you, you giving it to them won't do much. Same thing happens in our walk with God. 
Sometimes we have to get to that moment of, I need this and God has it. And once we get to that point, we've now reached the point in our faith and our spirit where it'll now be effective. That's why the Bible says, ask for it tangibly. In Matthew 21, 22, it says, you can pray for anything if you have faith. You will receive it. Okay, You can pray for anything if you have faith and you will receive it. There it is, faith. Faith is the key. You know what's great about that verse? And it's the most random story to me in the Bible. Jesus is walking along the, the road and there's a fig tree with no figs on it and Jesus curses it and the fig tree dies. That's it. That's the whole story. The, the disciples walk past it. They're like, what? Like, what happened? And Jesus says, yeah, if you pray for it and you have faith, it will be given to you. Jesus uses all sorts of things in the Bible to teach us lessons. He's, he uses such an in, insignificant moment. Not a, a, a dead person come back to life. Not a sick person being healed. A fig tree with no fruit. That's what he uses to say, look, pray for anything. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too small. You may think you getting a little promotion at work is too small for God. You may think that uh, you, you know, this person having favor with your boss or having favor with this person or your kid, you know, coming to church with you, whatever it is, is too small for God. It's not. Fig tree with no fruit isn't even too small for God. That's what he's talking about. In James, in the book of James, it says, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes you, in your prayer life, you just need to ask for things and that's the second part, and that's how when you begin taking these steps, then you'll see your faith grow, and you'll see your faith in a point where no struggle, where no issue will take you out. The next one is I. I, and that stands for ignore the circumstances. Ignore the circumstances. Now this one is probably the hardest, okay? This one is the hardest because at times the circumstances can seem like a big deal. And I would never, ever try to undervalue or underplay some circumstances that you're going through. Because there are some things in, that people struggle with that are going through the circumstances in their life that are mountains. And they are. And this one can be very difficult. In Luke 8, and this is verse 22 to 25, he said, it says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled with water and they were in real danger. Notice it says they were in real danger, not fake danger. They're in real danger. Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked each other. When he gives commands, even the wind and the waves obey him. So I forgot the name of the, of the word that they used in like the King James Version for the storm. Um, but if you look it up, it's like not just like a typical storm. It's, it's a storm that like jumps on you like that. 
they're like, they were like known for this region of being like, they just come on super quick and they're really violent storms and they can be very, very dangerous. I mean, the verse said they were in real danger. And given the part of the world that they're in, there was probably was accompanied by heavy rain and like sandstorms. So you can think like a rain and sandstorm while you're on a boat on crazy waves, that can be kind of scary. That can be scary. I mean, that, that's, that's a real circumstance that real people have died from. Not something that's like a, uh, this is, big, I'm making a bigger deal than it is. And this was a real situation. But in order to ignore the circumstances, you have to be able to have some like self-awareness. You have to be able to kind of evaluate yourself and your circumstance honestly. You have to be in reality about your circumstances. Okay, you can't be ahead in the clouds, everything's okay, while your house is burning behind you. You have to be in reality about what's going on if you're going to, Take the step to trust God with the circumstances. Because at times, the circumstances, they look like absolute reality, right? Like when, you're, like when you're in the fourth chapter of the book and it feels like the end of the book, right? And those are the times when you have to realize that, you know, Jesus is in control. In this story, we see Jesus woke up, rebuked the storm, and said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Jesus asked them, where is your faith in a real dangerous circumstance? Not, a, not a, a make-believe one, right? So Jesus wants us to have faith even when the circumstances in our life seem very, very real and dangerous. So we have to look at the storm and have faith because it was God's plan that they would be okay. So some of you need to look at the storm in your life. Look at the circumstance in your life and say, you know what, this is very real. This is a very real situation that is bigger than I. But you know what? At the end of the day, I have faith in God that he will deliver me from this situation or use it for his glory. And that's what takes a lot of faith. And that's why in this story, Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, to people who you and me would be like, yeah, I would be freaking out too. I mean, these are professional seamen. They live their lives on the sea. They fish. They, they use boats. They probably grew up on boats. They probably make boats and know the intricacies of how they work and water. I mean, they live their lives on water. And if they're scared, it was probably a real situation. And some of us are going through real situations. But we have to learn to ignore the circumstances. Because remember, the battle is not yours. It says in the Bible... Even though in the Old Testament, it talks about how uh, even though there's a vast army against us, the battle is God's, not ours. The T, moving right along. T is for thankfulness or be thankful. We just had a, a little mini-series on gratitude in, in our youth small groups. I, I felt bad not talking about gratitude a little bit around Thanksgiving. You know, we always do a little bit because uh, it's the only time of the year you can get these kids to understand the why it's important to you know, be thankful for the fact that not only were they born in 2019 with all the luxuries that comes with, but also born in America and also given all of these, you know, first world advantages. So I felt I had to get a little bit in there. So we talked about thankfulness um, a little bit and we talked about 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The reason why I love this verse, because so many times when we ask ourselves, what's the will of God in our lives? Give thanks in all circumstances. That's the will. 
That's the will of God. Am, am, am I supposed to be a teacher? I don't know. Are you giving thanks? That might help. That might help you understand where you're at and give you perspective. Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to be with this person? Well, what we know we can do is give thanks, and that's what God tells us to do. Be thankful. Being thankful will give you a perspective shift in your life. I mean, it, I can't even talk about how important this is. If you're having trouble seeing things from a certain perspective, like some, have you ever been in a bad mood and you knew you were in a bad mood? Like you like even told people around you, like, sorry, I'm in a bad mood. Like, like we've all done that. Like we know we're in these bad moods, but we can't get ourselves out of it, either because we don't want to or because we're just not feeling like it right now. The secret is to be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. And then all of a sudden that bad mood and that situation that you're in that's causing you to be like that starts to shrink because you're starting to look at the bigger picture. And it's such an underrated tool in your mental health and in your self-awareness when you're going through your day-to-day life and you're at work and you're at family and you're at home and you're just stressed out. It's such an underrated tool to remember to be thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances. A great way to, to, to give thanks that works for me is, is, is worshiping, is worshiping. I mean, when we're, when we're up here worshiping, in that moment, you're giving the praise back to God. We just sang, all the praise is yours. You're the one that I adore. That's tangibly saying words that's saying thank you and exalting God. And that makes your problems shrink. And when your problems shrink, you get perspective and you can make better decisions. And in those situations, your faith can also increase. And that's the key. When you're struggling, going through a hard time, I'm telling you, try worshiping. If you're someone that's like, I can't really get into the music. Like, I like, I like the words. You know, Jason's, you know, pretty smooth up there on the bass. But besides that, you know, it's, it's, it's really not, you know, my cup of tea. I'm telling you, if you're going through a situation, try worshiping. Try worshiping. Man, I was so blessed on Friday night because I was, I was kind of stressed out. It wasn't because of this. It's because of something else. But I was kind of stressed out. And I was like, you know what? Man, I need worship so bad right now. And I was so blessed. I was so fortunate enough to be here on a Friday night when CR was in here. Where's Jay and Karen at? Jay and Karen. They do such a great work on Friday night. And... And they, and they help so many people. And I was able to come in here and worship with CR, and my problems went away like that. It's not because I have some mental fortitude to be able to self-analyze my issues and my talents and how to, you know, put them together and how to work this out. It's because I took a moment to say, all the praise is yours, God. The things going on in my life, I'm choosing to ignore I'm choosing to be thankful. I'm choosing to fix my eyes on you. And that does more for your problems than anything else out there. And I'm telling you, I'm imploring you, try it. Try it if it's not who you are. And if you, if you know what I'm saying, then that's why you're saying amen. Because you know that it's a powerful, powerful tool. And that's why we're going to do a series on worship again in youth group. Um, it goes hand in hand with being gratitude. Um, so it all strengthens your faith, shows gratitude. Okay, moving on to H. Okay, moving on to H. Okay, H is hold fast, hold fast, or as I like to say, hold up, hold up, right? Because then holding on is the key, because sometimes you're just holding on for dear life, and God has you in a season 
of endurance. And you just need to get through the situation and you'll come out stronger, wiser, increased faith. In Hebrews 10.35, it says, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. So if you found a promise, in Hebrews now it's telling us sometimes to receive the promise, we must patiently endure. That's the part that can be very taxing on our soul and our faith, is that endurance part. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like not going anymore. That's the part that is hard to do. But God promises great reward. And some people really struggle with patience. Some people more than others. I, you know, patience has never been something, you know, that I've struggled with. Almost to a fault sometimes. I'm lucky to have people in my life like Sal, who sometimes will talk to me and be like, hey man, like, you need to do something about this. Like, you're being a little too patient right now. I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you know? And because sometimes, you know, for whatever that's worth, but there's other situations in our life where we're not patient, right? And so sometimes God calls us not only to be patient with people, but to be patient in the season of life that we're in. And that can be very, very, very difficult sometimes because struggles can go on and on. And I'm not going to sit here and act like that I've been through the exact same struggle that you've been through. But, you know, there's people in here that go through a different struggle than you and me, and we all go through different struggles. We all go through tough times in life, and enduring is the key to doing it. When you've been praying for a sickness so long that you can't remember a time that you weren't sick, it's very, very hard to endure in those situations. When you, when you go to bed every night wondering if you're going to be able to pay your beach's energy bill, then it can be very, very hard to endure that. When you're praying for God for a relationship, you feel like you've been single your whole life, that can be really, really hard to endure. And to those people, holding fast is the biggest challenge. But what he does promise is that you will come through and that he will deliver you. And that he will come out of that better and glorifying God in those situations. I'm going to have the band come back up and when we wrap up. Um, but uh, struggles of life, you know, uh, what I was kind of thinking it, it's kind of like if for anyone that's ever been out on the ocean on a surfboard. You know, you, 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 you got waves and, and you, you can paddle out into, in the ocean. You can get to the outside. And in, in one moment... You're out there sitting on your board, water's calm, you're looking at the birds flying by, you might see a fish jump. You, you have a nice introspective moment of, wow, what a creation that God has made. What an amazing, beautiful ocean and sea that we have. And then the very next moment, a set comes in and you're paddling for your life, you're duck diving under wave after wave, you're trying to catch air. You're trying to, you can't, you're not getting as much air as you were before and trying to stay on your board. The current's pulling you. The same ocean, the same ocean that presented beautiful, vastness, creation that God made is the same ocean that create turmoil and wave after wave. 
That's an analogy for our life. Sometimes things are going good and sometimes you're just fighting the waves. But God does promise us that he will be on the other side and he will be with us through the entire situation. Sometimes the presence of faith in tough times is how God uses you to change lives. Sometimes the presence of faith in tough times is how God uses to change lives. When people see the way that you act, when people see your faith and struggles, that's a bigger testament than anything you could ever say. Because frankly, talk is cheap. And people can say whatever they want. But what really matters is how you act and how people see it. If you're just saying things and doing another, you're just a loud clashing symbol making noise. But if you learn to implement this faith formula, if you realize how important faith is, then you will start to see your life improve. You'll start to see your walk with God improve in these situations. So we're gonna end here with worship. And I wanna challenge you guys to use this time to increase your faith. Use this time to put it all on God. To say, God, this moment is about you. I'm using this time to show gratitude. I'm using this time to ignore the circumstances of my struggle. I'm asking for it. I'm committing to holding fast. Do those things and you will see God increase your faith. You will see him a greater way in your life. So stand up with me. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna finish in worship. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you for allowing us to see how important faith is in our life and how it's such a fundamental principle in our walk with you. Lord, we ask for increased faith, Lord. We ask for it. We know that you can provide it for us and we're ready for the increased faith even in our time of struggles, Lord. We choose to ignore the circumstances, Lord. We commit to holding fast in this season. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Bless everyone here. In Jesus' name.